Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. Let's get to Michael Kelly. He's our guest for the half hour. Mike is Global Head of Multi-Asset at Pine Bridge Investment. He joins uh, from Singapore. Mike, thanks for being with us. I'm wondering whether or not you think uh, there is just too much concern right now that the Fed, in its aggressive stance on uh, getting inflation under control, will necessarily break something in, in the system. Do you think that's likely to happen? Doug, uh, it is likely to happen. Uh, when you begin late, the uh, the only episodes of the three immaculate soft landings, you had feds move early, um, and they could pace things when they moved early. When you move late, you have to go fast. When you go fast, you're at risk of breaking things. So un- unfortunately, um, we're in the things are going to break camp. So we've got the U.S. inflation numbers next Thursday. These caused an uproar last month when they came in stronger than expected. Uh, what are you anticipating this time, and, and how is that going to change the narrative potentially for the Fed? I don't think it'll be a narrative changer. You know, after July's sequential, uh, yeah, everyone has to stop looking year over year, but sequentially inflation headline or core was flat in July. Hope sprung eternal. August came, which was a big buzzkill with core, you know, accelerating to 0.6, which is nosebleed. This time we're likely to see sequentially uh, 0.3 headline, uh, core 0.45. You know, that's too hot uh, for the Fed, for the pressure on the Fed to come off, although it's not it's not a breaker uh, like last month. So if the Fed is inclined to be aggressive, we know that. I'm wondering what your outlook for the dollar happens to be. Are we near peak dollar right now? It seems to consistently be the the go-to haven currency. There's a lot of geopolitical risk and uh, various hotspots around the world. We know that. But in terms of the path of the dollar from here, what are you thinking? Well, the path of the dollar in prior cycles, um, and here the U.S. is much stronger versus the rest of the world than in prior cycles, but in prior cycles, the dollar really didn't top out until three, four, five months after the last hike and well before the first ease. Uh, but uh, the last hike is probably up there in February, March. So uh, even though it's too strong as it is um, at the moment, uh, it's just a, a wrecking ball. There's, there's nothing to uh, get in its way. Uh, it, it probably uh, goes higher in a very disruptive way for many other economies, many other central banks. Uh, but uh, that's uh, that's just uh, the nature of the beast right now. So the dollar's a wrecking ball. Things are going to break. Uh, what does it look like when things break? Where do you expect that uh, break to manifest? 
Well, unfortunately, um, not in the United States. The uh, the U.S. Uh, is still very resilient. It's starting to slow, but it's a very slow motion slowdown, um, and the pressures are going to mount overseas. They're already evident, of course, in Europe and uh, the UK. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there will be a number of emerging countries, you know, who never really mixed their debt uh, more floating. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really the soft spots. And Michael, when we left off, you were talking about some of the soft spots in the world economy. But uh, in your view, one of those spot, soft spots is not China. That's something of a contrarian position. How's your risk appetite around China? More than it has been, Paul. In the, the last handful of years, uh, we've we've really been very bearish on China. We thought, uh, you know, the world was early on in discovering uh, President Xi is just more ideological and less practical than we thought of China. That's now more than fully priced in. Um, and at the moment, uh, yes, there are some COVID restraints going up. Uh, but it's not uh, because uh, cases flared a bit after Golden Week. They're at eighteen hundred. You know, in mid mid uh, just mid August, they're twenty five hundred. It's really preemptive measures so that nothing embarrassing happens in front of the party congress. But we think um, you know these you know these surgical quick uh, short uh, things are going to disappear starting November. Um, we'll we'll have a new party. Uh, shortly, and then a new government will be put in place at the end of March. And after that, uh, one does need to look forward to uh, zero COVID uh, disappearing slowly from the landscape in China. So they've essentially bottomed with the Shanghai uh, COVID lockdowns, which were fierce, severe, and all-encompassing. Things are getting less bad since then. There's been less improvement than we've hoped. Uh, we actually prefer markets that are showing less improvement than hope than all the others that are showing slower deterioration than feared <laughs> will take less improvement um, any day. So, Mike, if you're right and the, the COVID zero policy begins to lift after the party Congress, are we to be concerned about the the damage already done to the Chinese consumer during this period of COVID? And are we going to have to expect a period of retrenchment and recovery? Is that not inherent in what we're dealing with uh, on the macro side a little bit? Well, it is. Um, It's a big part of the reason that we've been so cautious for five years is that, uh, you know, all of the more centralization is discouraging uh, the private sector in addition to the consumer. Uh, but, you know, there is there are now fiscal measures in place. They'll take time to start kicking in. We think after party Congress, they'll have a little bit more laxity uh, to do monetary stimulus. They have to watch the currency, of course, but to be less embarrassed by soft currency after the party Congress. Now, there will be no 180 on COVID after the party Congress early November. It'll just slowly start loosening up. The 180 will come after the the government, the March 23rd government, is more fully put in place. But that's not too far out for our taste. We're an intermediate-term investor. There's a lot of caution built into the prices. There's better things to come here, though the pace is very slow. And unfortunately, uh, we see a lot of uh, downside still in the fundamentals for most other markets. Um, And while rate prices and inflation has been priced, the spillover into earnings and things like uh, credit uh, spreads and equity risk premiums aren't yet where they need to be. They so are the view, 
With a view to the intermediate term then, what, where do you buy it? What assets do you like? Well, we've liked our favorite all year has been sort of an old-fashioned risk premium called commodity carry, where your shorter kind of spot commodity prices long further out. Uh, there's more backwardation than we've seen in 15 years by greater degree than we've seen in 15 years. You make an awful lot of money in these strategies as spot prices are near the ceiling and fall towards the floor. And we're in that process now as the slowdown spreads uh, worldwide. And you earn a nice carry, low volume carry, highly uncorrelated with most other things. You need to still be uh, overexposed to the dollar. Uh, China, of course, is, is sort of a unusual uh, exposure, but one we think that'll play off. And, you know, the most overplayed strategy in everyone's portfolio is uh, quality, choking up mm -hmm. on qualities, more resilient income statements, but hasn't really worked this year mm -hmm. because the slowdown is so slow. It's about to. Okay. All right. Michael Kelly, we'll have to leave it there, but thanks so much for joining us with your insights today. Michael Kelly is Global Head of Multi-Asset at Pine Bridge Investments. It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com enterprise data to learn more.